Hey, and welcome to the second season of the Talk Business With Me podcast, The Perspective Series. A special thank you to the Portland State School of Business for sponsoring the podcast brought to you by Steven, Stephanie, and Marinda. The podcast team and I want to remind you of all the upcoming events and of any updates. AMA's next event will be on Tuesday, May 18th from 4 to 5 p.m. They will be hosting an event with Center for Le- Retail Leadership and ANO Connect. Be on the lookout for more information. The Multicultural Business Association Club will be hosting an event on May 24th at 5.30 p.m. with the Empowering Sisterhood. The last day to withdraw with a W on your transcript is May 16th. And the last day to change grading options is on Tuesday, June 1st. You can access all the links and information in the bio description. Hello, everyone. For those regularly listening in every week, we are glad that you are back. For those who are new, thanks for joining in to listen today. As many of you may know, this series is dedicated to the various perspectives of the School of Business, and for the past couple of episodes, we have been sharing the student's perspective, but today we'll be sharing the perspective of one of our associate deans. Joining us today is our associate dean of the undergrad programs, Erica Wagner. Thank you, Dean Wagner, for joining us today. We are so happy that you are here today. I'm happy to be here. So how are you doing? (laughs) So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm uh, living the dream here. I'm in California, uh, living out of a camper van, trying to take advantage of the fact that I don't need to be, my family and I don't need to be in Portland in order to do our work. Wow, sounds very, very adventurous, that's for sure. So to get us started, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your role at PSU? Uh, I'm, my name is Erica. I, my pronouns are she and her. I am uh, a professor of management and I focused on the way that software like apps, um, how that software changes the way that we live and work. Uh, So I teach things in the School of Business related to information technology and also um, helped to launch the new concentration that we have called Business Technology and Analytics. I am also the Associate Dean of the Undergraduate Program, as you mentioned, and I've been doing that um, leadership role for seven years now. I'm a mom to a 10-year-old, and my husband is a professional ultramarathon runner, so he runs distances of 100 miles or more on foot through the mountains. Uh, That means I'm alone a lot. (laughs) Um, I love yoga. I love to read. I love being outdoors, uh, and I love undergraduate students, which is why I... uh, stepped into the role of associate dean and why seven years later I'm still doing it. 
Yeah, for sure. You keep yourself busy. That's for sure. Um, so coming up with this next question, I know it's pretty broad, but we thought it would be cool to ask you a little more inside uh, your day-to-day um, lifestyle. Like you kind of already touched on it, but we wanted to know a little bit more about it and like what's it like being an associate dean and specifically for the undergrad programs? This is a really great question. And I'm, I'm all about uh, trying to show what life is really like as a leader and as a person who who from the outside looks successful, has a good job. Um, Maybe I'll give you some images to add to your show notes of how messy and chaotic my life can be on a daily basis. Uh, I, I think that's really, it's really important that people know that there's a shit show going on (laughs) oftentimes. And we just, um, we don't present that to the world very often. So I have a busy life, but um, the thing that really grounds me every day is trying to stay focused on what's most important uh, in that day. That's true for work. It's true for my home life. Uh, And so as an associate dean, I'm in charge of the quality of the undergraduate program and the student experience. I'm also responsible for the budget. Um, I help faculty to do what they do best, which is teach the students and do research. And so really I'm a manager and as a manager, I do different things every day. And that's something that keeps me really interested in the work is every day is different. And, and also the thing that underpins my, my day is thinking about the student and what, what can we do in the school of business for the undergraduate student to help make them successful. And that's, uh, not easy to do in a school and a university where there's not a lot of money. Um, but it's something that is like the thing I focus on all the time. Does that help answer your, you know, my daily life? It's, it's messy. It involves a lot of coffee. <laughs> no, yeah, because I feel like a lot of times we have like this image like, oh, they only do this and this. Like it's an ABC type of thing, day to day thing. But it's really not like you have your own personal life and your professional life. And especially right now, you have to combine those two worlds and just. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. And it's especially during COVID, it's challenging for so many of us and uh, more challenging for some folks. Like I'm very lucky. I'm able to go travel to these places and live in a camper van. And, um, you know, we have students in our community who are um, not employed anymore, who are on the verge of being evicted, who are food insecure and are doing everything that they can every day to try and improve their standing, right? To like change their lives, make their lives better by getting a college education. And 
I try to remember that too. when I'm like complaining about how hard my life is. Um, it's, it's really not that hard. It's a hard that I picked. Right. And I, I think that speaks volumes about your character. And I think, um, even with what you just last said about it's a hard that you pick kind of a thing. Cause I mean, it's the same thing for college students like us who are super, super busy with our schedule and think that, oh my goodness, life is so hard. And it's like, we're choosing to go down this path. We're choosing to make these commitments, not just for ourselves now, but for our future. And I think that also speaks volumes about those students who are food insecure or homeless or are in unfortunate times right now because they're truly the inspiration for their own lives and for the future that they have set for themselves. And I think that's just something that speaks volumes on their part too. Yeah, I hope that students really hear that because sometimes the only person rooting for you is yourself, <laughs> right? And there's lots of people out there who are waiting for you to fail um, or forces in the world that don't want you to succeed, like a pandemic, um, tuition increases and <laughs> unemployment um, so being your own advocate is, it's a big deal. It's hard to do. And it's really easy to, I think, um, give up. So students that don't give up, I mean, that's, that's who I work for. I, um, so my, Part of my story is that before I worked at PSU, I worked at an Ivy League institution. Uh, I was a faculty member at Cornell University. And there were definitely students there that struggled, but the majority of students, you know, it was predetermined that they would go to college from the minute they were born. And the majority of the students that I taught had never had a job before. And they were undergrad in college. And I just didn't relate to that. And I didn't really think I was being that helpful. Um, I, I had to work my way from like age 12 all the way through college and grad school and um, fighting for what I um, wanted and not giving up on myself when everyone else was telling me like, you're not smart enough to go to college. You're, you know, you need to go to the secretarial classes in high school, not the college prep classes um, coming, being first generation, you know, I think it's a lot harder to believe in yourself if you have the deck stacked against you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, and even just putting that, like, like that imagery on your head of just thinking of like a wall, like right in front of you and you have to try to break it down in order to get over it in order to reach your dream. And I've definitely been, um, the receiving end of people telling you, you cannot do something or you're never going to be able to get there kind of a thing. Because I feel like young women like uh, Stephanie and myself, we have big ambitions for life. We, we want something bigger for ourselves. And I mean, I come from a really small town. So um, I will, everyone always thought that I was going to stay in the small town my whole entire life, raise a family, white picket fence, just live life, be the mom and never go forward of things, but, um, we all have a bigger plan for ourselves. I have a bigger plan. I mean, 
I want to get, I want to go to Paris. I want to end up in New York. I want to work for a big fashion company. I mean, every single time you say something like that, someone's like, that's never going to happen for you. Like, what are you thinking? And I feel like that almost motivates me to like, and drives me to want to be, to want to prove them wrong, to be the person who said, I told you I would get here. And yeah, I, I don't know if that you relate to that in any way, Stephanie. No, yeah, I totally do. Like every time I receive a no, that just makes me want to fight harder. Like, oh, you might have been my no, but I know my yes is out there. Like, it's just this ambition that you just get. Like, so obviously when like you fail, like it's, it's just a learning lesson. Like many times you can take it like, oh, I failed and I'm never trying again. Or I failed and I'm going to do better because I know I'm better type of thing. And I, and I can see that with you, Erica, I never personally had a connection with you, but I love the way you think. Cause a lot of times too, staff is like stereotyped, like, oh, they're just here for our money type of thing. But with your words, it sounds like, no, you're actually fighting for the students. Like you actually care for or all the students in the undergraduate program. So I appreciate what you're doing. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I've heard volumes just to, from hearing from other students and from other faculty about you specifically, especially with uh, the Dean's Future Leader, Leader Program. So um, could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, when I came into the role of Associate Dean, I knew that I wasn't going to be interacting with students um, in the classroom anymore uh, because I wasn't going to be teaching. And I felt like I didn't want to be disconnected from students. So I created a group called the Dean's Future Leaders Group uh, that would allow me to keep talking with undergraduate students and hear what was going on for them and just stay connected and have those students tell me what they were experiencing in the undergraduate program and also to mentor those students and encourage them to be authentic leaders because what i what i think of as leadership is very different from what i was told was leadership when i was in business school and that whole fake like this is what a business person looks like or this is how business people act i i wanted students to um see see that they had leadership inside of them and so I started that group seven years ago and it's been going on since then and the other thing about that group is it's not tied to GPA I don't think that leadership has to do with the GPA <laughs> I, I th there are so many really really bright students in the school of business at PSU who don't have high G GPAs. And that is oftentimes because of all of the other commitments that they have in their lives, like working three jobs, or they have a child or multiple children, or they're taking care of an elder, or they, um, English is their third language, and, um, or they have um, other diagnoses that make it hard to concentrate and get, I mean, there's just a lot, right? GPA is just one indication of someone's potential. And so I wanted to create a group that was focused on something more than GPA. Um, 
And so we hang out together. We just talk. We have real conversations and kind of like this conversation, I try to just approach it like a human being rather than um, someone in a particular role and build build trust and rapport with the students. And many of them, you know, the students in the first cohort that have been out, you know, six years, five or six years, I'm, I still am in regular touch with many of them. And now those students are in positions where they can hire others. And so what that group has done is start to create our own network uh, for, um, lifelong connections. And that's something that happens in these well-funded universities, these well-funded business schools. It's all about the network and who you know, like, oh, my dad's going to get my best friend a job because they know each other. Well, we have to do that too. (laughs) We have to build a network um, that lifts each other up. Uh, So that's another benefit of having a group like this. Yeah, definitely. And I think something kind of um, that stood out to me was one of the first things you said about like connecting with students. And that's kind of the reason why you decided to create the Dean's Future Leader Group. Um, And I feel like that kind of segues into our next question. So with not being able to be as connected with students as we we have been in the past because we are remote, like how has that affected you? And like, how does how do you think that has affected like the students in the undergraduate programs? I think our students are suffering and not just academically. Uh, I think there are people, students who live alone and hardly ever interact in person with, you know, it's all through zoom. And I, I think that that can create a lot of mental health challenges. Uh, I can't overemphasize the amount of trauma that many of our students are experiencing during this time. And it's very concerning to me. Having classes over Zoom is the least of it, I think. Um, In some ways, the social and remote classroom environment, I think, we're kind of working it out. Like you've created this podcast and I know students in my leadership group are doing like study sessions um, together and they're having these weird like social events, like show me your, like, let's eat dinner together and show me like something in your apartment and I'll show you. So those things are really cool. Like we find community and we try to build it. I'm, I, But I do think longer term, this pandemic is making us really think about what, how to deliver classes and what does being in a course mean and what do you need from your instructors and from your peers. And so I think the School of Business students are doing a lot better than many students and the faculty the same. We're, we're all trying our best, but I really can't wait for it to be over. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm so ready to go back in the fall, possibly. 
hopefully that comes true. So what do you think is in store for the school of business if we do come back in the fall or next year in 2022? What's in store? Well, I... I pause there because I think there's like a longer term answer and then there's a shorter term answer. Um, I think there's going to be this rebound effect. Like we're all so excited that we come into the KMC and everyone is so um, happy and excited and there's energy and, uh, and that will linger for a while. And then I think we'll get back to normal in air quotes, like whatever that looks like. Uh, but I do, I think the school of business, we have a lot of work to do. Um, I think we need to have hard conversations and, you know, students need to have hard conversations with other students. Um, we need to, as faculty get excited about the changing educational landscape and not see online learning as something less than in-person learning, just to really get excited about what is possible across time and space, you know, learning over the internet. But the, so the good news in my mind is that we have a business school that has the students that businesses want to hire. And that was told to us a number of years ago when we outranked every other Oregon university in terms of um, em employer perception of our graduates. So employers around Oregon were surveyed, uh, you know, what, what undergrads would you hire? and PSU ranked the highest. And the reason is because our students are humble, hardworking. They've already been working hard their whole lives. <laughs> they are gonna put their head down and do what it takes to get the job done. They're smart, scrappy, resilient. Um, and in the School of Business now we have, we're one of the most racially and culturally diverse units on campus. So we're now minority white college. Uh, there are more non-white identifying students in the undergraduate program than there are white students. And I think that that is important um, because that means we all need to learn how to communicate with each other. Um, and to me, that's really exciting. Definitely. And I can even put input there too, in the sense of like diversity and kind of like the ultimate atmosphere of downtown and how even just how diverse and inclusive uh, Portland is in general was kind of a key aspect for me when choosing Portland state. Like it's a lot different than where I grew up at. Cause when I, where I grew up very to little diversity and, um, I love meeting new people and I love experiencing and understanding other people's perspectives and opinions, especially people who come from different backgrounds. And I think that's honestly the beauty of Portland state and even 
specifically the school of business, because you're never going to see the same person twice in the school of business. And every single day you'll learn something new about some other person and learn something new about um, life in general. And I think that's such a beautiful thing that um, the school of business has to offer to students. But yeah, anyway, thank you, Dean Wagner, for taking the time out of your day to share your perspective with us. And it truly was a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, make sure to connect with Dean Wagner on LinkedIn. You can find that information in the episode description. Thanks so much for inviting me. And um, yeah, good luck with your endeavor. I'm looking forward to listening. Perfect. Thanks, yes. Stephanie. Thanks, Marinda. Yeah, thank you, Dean Wagner. Well, with that being said, that wraps up this podcast episode. Thank you for listening and come back next week for our episode on the non-traditional student perspective. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by our two hostesses, Stephanie and Miranda, our producer, Stephen, and our advisor, Nathaniel Gork. Join us for the upcoming episodes that are released every Wednesday of spring term. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to email us at sbainfo at pdx.edu. Thanks for listening.